Well, good, well, good morning. Welcome to Shelby Christian Church. Hey, you guys that are joining us online this morning. We know there are a bunch of you out there this morning. So, hey, thanks for joining us online as well. Hey, you guys, uh, again, thanks for being here. Thanks for coming out this morning. We're excited about what God's going to do today. Dave's starting a, a brand new series called Marriage Crashers. And for the next six weeks, we're going to be just de- diving into some of those things uh, that we need to be aware of uh, in marriage, some of those things that we need to talk about uh, in our marriages. And for those of you who aren't married, it's going to be an encouragement to you as well. So don't check out uh, if you're not married. Uh, we want to encourage you as well over the next six weeks. Hey, just a couple of announcements that we have uh, tonight at 5 o'clock. Our students are going to meet. They push their um, evening up. Uh, to try to avoid the weather coming in. So students, high school students and college-age students, next phase folks, they will meet at 5 o'clock tonight over in the stew. Worship will start at 5.30. And then our dinner tonight, our couple's Valentine dinner, will be on at 6 o'clock. And the goal is to get get out of here uh, before uh, that weather comes in later on tonight. We're glad you guys are here. We're excited about this one. Would you guys stand up, greet one another around you, wave to them, say hello this morning, and then let's worship.
have a seat. A couple weeks ago, um, before all the 
ice where it was on the, the limbs and the trees and the bushes. I was out in my yard picking up um, limbs, little small limbs that had fallen from this tree uh, in our front yard. And they were just, uh, they had gotten over into our neighbor's driveway and they were everywhere. And I, as I was picking up those limbs, uh, which a lot of people are going to be, have done in the last couple of days, right? Uh, I was just reminded of a passage of scripture that I want to share with you guys this morning. It's from John chapter 15. And these are um, Jesus's words. And they're going to be on the screen here. I want you guys to, to read along with me. Here's what it says. Here's what Jesus said. He said, I'm the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And then he said, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apartment from me, you can do nothing. And then he said this later on. He said, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the field, into the fire and burned. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And then Jesus said this, my command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. This morning as we prepare for communion, I'm reminded of the greatest love that ever was, right? On this Valentine's Day, this love that Jesus displayed for us. No greater love, he said, than for someone, for him to lay his life down for you and for me. And so as we, in the next couple of moments, partake in this communion, there are stations around the, the room. Feel free to come up in the next few moments and and take your communion. I'm reminded that, that, that he connects joy and a, a fulfillment in life to this great love in our lives. Do you want to have peace? Do you want to have joy? Jesus says to remain in me, stay connected to me, and love one another just as I have loved you. And there's no greater love. I am love. And it was exemplified on the cross for us. Would you guys pray with me? Lord God, this morning, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning to gather as a family. As we take this communion, and we are reminded of your great love, what you've done for us, the sacrifice that was made through Jesus, his body, his blood that was shed for our sins, for all of us, so that we could be made right with God, so that we could find true joy and true love. 
God, may we stay connected to you every day. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Receive what is yours. 
Thanks for today. Thanks for getting us here. Uh, God, thanks for keeping us safe. And God, I just pray. I just pray that just like you've been working in the last few weeks, that you'll anoint this new series, God, in a special way. God, we know that you are the author of love. You're the creator of marriage. You want it to be awesome. Our families are the smallest microcosm unit of the church that you're coming back to claim. And so, God, we want to get that right. So, God, I just pray 
I just pray, I just pray uh, that you'll bless this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. David, way to go, my man. Way to go. That's awesome. That is awesome. Proud of you. Get ready for the ride. It's an adventure. Let's go. All right. Man, I'm glad you guys are here today. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, guys, uh, if you've missed it, that's on you. We started reminding you about it weeks ago. And uh, last night, uh, we had an incredible kind of start to the weekend. We had the biggest daddy-daughter date dance night ever last night because we were the only gig in town. And uh, it, was, it was incredible, incredible. And it was such a blessing because we had people from... Uh, we had dads and daughters from a lot of different churches, a lot of different things that just found out we were doing this and they wanted to be there and so that was great. So the marriage thing tonight's going to be great as well. But I also know, and if you're a student of history at all, Valentine's Day hasn't always been this amazing day of love. In fact, there's some really crazy stuff that's happened on Valentine's Day. Uh, about eight years ago, 2013, Bahrain's Day of Rage. Uh, happened on Valentine's Day where they protested Sheikh Khalifa and it was it was it was brutal it was tragic 1349 decades centuries ago in 1349 the Strasbourg massacre happened on Valentine's Day and hundreds of Jews were killed then in 1945 at the end of World War II the Dresden bombings happened on Valentine's Day killing 135,000 people on Valentine's Day. In 1989, Khomeini uh, called for the execution of Salman Rushdie on Valentine's Day. And then the one that you study in history all the time because it got the name, the Valentine's Day Massacre in 1929, the gang war in Chicago. So, so Valentine's Day in and of itself, February 14th, hasn't always just automatically been this wonderful, wonderful day of love. But it is a special day for some, um, but it's also a really difficult day, and we understand that. We understand that as we go into this series. We're kicking off this brand new series today called Marriage Crashers, uh, and just like everything about Valentine's Day, there's not always been great. We openly acknowledge that not everything about marriage has always been great in our world even in our church. And for some of you, the thought of this series is almost paralyzing. Thanks for being here. Some may have chosen to check out already. We, we know it's difficult because the, the topic of marriage could be especially painful. Maybe, maybe you're single and you wish you were married. Maybe you're married and wish you were single. <laughs> Maybe you're divorced and even just talking about marriage feels like picking a scab off or pouring salt in a wound. Maybe, maybe you're widowed. Maybe it's been very recently that that happened. Maybe you're in a, in a not so healthy relationship right now. Maybe you know there's things in your life right now that are in this realm of things that are not God honoring. And, and maybe you'd just rather check out and say, I'll see you about Easter time. When you're done with this, I'm going to invite you. No, I, no I'm, I'm going to go for, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you to stay the course. I'm going to challenge you to stay in this 
Because this is important stuff that we gotta, we got to deal with. Now, here's the beautiful thing about it. I, I was just reading it a lot this week and studying and praying about it and thinking about things. And I thought about this. You know how cool God is when it comes to this idea of marriage? Think about this. He started it all. In fact, here's, here's the cool stuff that God did. And he did it in, in your Bibles. He did it in two pages, all right? Literally. He creates man realizes that that's not good by itself and so he creates woman so we've got two different genders then he creates marriage he says they will be one and then he creates sex and god's a pretty cool god and he did all that in two pages he did all that in two pages because he wants the best for us he wants the very best for us and in a world that's saying no there's all these other kind of things that you can do there's all these other kind of ways that you can get to it. No, if we just, if we dig into God's word, we see he's got an incredible design for humankind and, and for the procreation of humankind and for men and women to have these incredible relationships that we call marriage. We need this series. We need this series as a church. We need this series as a community. Our world needs us serious because marriage is under attack today. If you don't believe that, you, you've been living underground somewhere. Marriage is under attack today. Maybe as much now as ever before, marriage and the institution of marriage that God designed. And the first two chapters that we have in our Bible, it's under attack like it's never been before. Now, here's the deal. We've got some amazingly strong marriages in our church. Some amazingly strong marriages. But the reality is we've got some couples that are hanging on by a thread. And that number seems to be growing. They're desperate for help. So, so here's the deal. Here's what I want to ask you. If you're here, if you're here for this year and you're, you're struggling with being single, you're struggling with being divorced, you're struggling with being widowed, you're, you're struggling with less than an ideal marriage right now or an ideal relationship, or if you're doing really good right now, you're in a really good season, but you'd like it to be even better, I want you to hang in here. Uh, it, it makes sense to be warned that there are some things that could crash your marriage. Now, when we use that term marriage crasher, when we think of a crasher, what, what do we think of? We, we, we kind of think of, in our mind, we immediately have this picture of an uninvited guest. Now, sometimes it, it, they're kind of humorous. Sometimes we actually call them bombers. We call them photo bombers. And they just suddenly show up in the back of your picture. And, and you've got some, maybe you've been a photo bomber. Maybe you've got a warrant out for you for being a photo bomber. Other times, other times those crashes are devastating. The uninvited guests crash through the gate. They crash through the party. They crash through the wedding. But, but probably the most devastating crasher that Satan uses are the marriage crashers. So here's what we're going to do. Let me just kind of lay this out for you for the next six weeks. Jason and Kevin and I are going to unpack this stuff over the next six weeks. And, and we're going to talk about six crashers that can worm their way into your home and undermine your health and the well-being of your marriage. And some of the principles... We'll be discussing, some of them are just universal. They'll work in any relationship. They'll work with your neighbor. They'll work with your coworker. But we're specifically talking about marriage. 
okay? And, and we're going to try to be real with this. Uh, we're, we won't go R, but we may go PG-13 because we've got to deal with this stuff, all right? And so as we talk about these unwelcome crashers, we're going to follow through on talking about the marriage vows. And for each of the crashers, we're going to compare it or we're going to tie it in to one of those phrases in the traditional marriage vows. Now, I know that a lot of people write their own, and so there's different, but, but we kind of all know the traditional things that we say in the vows in our marriages or at a wedding. I take you. For better, for worse. For richer, for poorer. And in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. Th those are the sacred promises that, that if we're married, we made in the sight of God and friends. So we're going to talk about the first crasher today. We're actually going to tie it to that first phrase, I take you. And we're going to talk about baggage. We're going to talk about all kinds of baggage that, that we bring in to our marriages. Now, those of you that fly know that it's critically important that before you fly, ideally before you even leave the house, that you take the time to weigh your bags, right? There's, there's a weight limit now on, on planes, how much, <clears throat> how much weight you can have in a bag. And so it's really important, I think, to do that at home before you leave. Because if you don't do it at home before you, you're going to have to do it at the airport. And if your bag is overweighted, if your bag has too much weight in it, what are they going to make you do? They're going to make you take some stuff out and leave it at the airport or at the very least redistribute it among your other bags. Now, they're, they're, that, can, that can mess up your trip in several different ways. You might be forced to leave something behind that you really want and that you know you'll never see again. Or at the very least, you're causing everybody else in that line to wait while you figure it out and while you get your baggage weighed right and get it down because it's important. It's important. And so we got to take the time to weigh our bags in. We got to know what we're carrying. We got to know what we're carrying onto a plane. Because here's the deal many things in life have weight limits, right? Planes have weight limits. There's only so much weight that a plane can fly with. Bridges have weight limits. You go across a bridge, especially a small bridge, and all of us have seen the signs that tell us a ton weight limit. Now, the, the funny thing to me about that sign is they tell us that. None of us know how much our vehicle weighs, but we drive across anyway, assuming that we're under that weight limit. But we know there's a weight limit. You get on an elevator. Every elevator you've ever on has got a little sign, weight limit, like 3,000 pounds. Now, I don't, know about you, I don't know if you're like scanning the crowd, trying to do the math in your head before they start pushing buttons, start trying to figure out who gets thrown overboard like Jonah, you know? I don't know. But they have weight limits because there's a certain amount, there's only a certain amount of weight that it can carry safely to the destination. Our marriages, our relationships can only bear a certain amount of weight. And so it's critically important that as we get ready to say, I do, that we, as we get ready to say, I take you, that we weigh our bags and either get rid of some weight or at the very least, redistribute some. Because when you say, 
when you start that part of the marriage off and you say, I take you. Here's what you're saying. You say, I take you. I take you and all your bags. I take you and everything that made you you right now. I take you and your family. I'm not saying your fa their family is, are your bags, but if, whatever, okay. We take it all. We take it all. And so we better know what's in the bags. And so I want to start off the morning. I want to give you the bottom line right now so that we can build around it. Because this is where it's critically important. This is the most important thing you can hear about this today is when it comes to marriage, it's more important for you to be the right person than to marry the right person. It starts with you being the right person because at the end of the day, you're the only person that you control. Now, when it's beautiful, when it's beautiful, when it's God-designed, God-ordained, Satan not messed with it, it's where both the husband and the wife have bought into that philosophy. Because if both the man and the woman have bought into that idea that I'm going to be the right person, guess what? It, it's fireworks. It, it's beautiful fireworks. It's 4th of July. It is actually the kind of stuff they talk about in movies if that's going on. Unfortunately, it's not always the case. Once again, as we think about bags, when you, when you fly, when you travel, really, not just on planes, but if you, if you travel on any kind of public transportation, uh, a cruise ship, a plane, uh, trains, I guess even buses, anywhere where there are bags, multiple bags in a location together, it's critically important that you mark your bags. And you can see some of these bags have got ribbons and they've got bag tags on them and things. Because when they're going around the carousel, you want to know which one's your bag. It's critically important that you know which one is your bag. Be because you got to know your baggage and you don't want anybody else's. Because the reality is if you're carrying someone else's bag, guess what? You lost yours. And it's out there and you're not dealing with it. Jesus came so that our lives could be better. You believe that? Je Jesus came to earth so our lives could be better. He said so. In, in John 10, 10, he said, I have come to give you what? Anybody know? I've come to give you what? Life. What kind of life? Abundant life. The best life. The best life possible. That's what Jesus came to give us. He wants the best for us. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, he said, There is no temptation that shall overcome you that is not common to man, and that he will not provide a way out for. Not only does Jesus want to give you the best life possible, and we say, oh, there's so much stuff, Dave. There's so much stuff on the internet. There's so much stuff in the movies. There's so much stuff going on at my school. There's so much stuff. There's so much stuff. But the Bible, if we believe the Bible, the Bible says there's no temptation that will be presented to us that we can't overcome if we trust in the one who came to give us life. <laughs> and maybe one of the greatest verses in all of Scripture is the very beginning of Romans 6. There's no condemnation. For those that are in Christ Jesus. Yeah, you, you may have gone through hell in a relationship. Here, let me go even farther. You may have been responsible for the hell in a relationship. 
But if you give your life to Jesus, there is now therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So whatever's happened in the past, it's happened. Let's, let's move forward and, and let's make Jesus the one who's leading us as we move forward. Jesus said this in Matthew 11. He said, I get it. He said, I get it. He said, I know some of you guys are carrying around some heavy stuff. I, I know some of you guys are burdened and heavy laden and the baggage is heavy and you don't think you can carry it anymore. And Jesus said in Matthew 11, he says, come and give me those bags. Let me carry them for you. I want to take your burden. I want to carry it for I want to make your life better because God is the creator of marriage and he holds the patent on the blueprint. So what are these bags? We've got nine bags and there could be nine million bags. Some of the bags that, that we bring into marriage are, are really difficult. Some of us bring abuse into our marriage. Abuse from the past that was either physical or emotional, sexual, and, and it hadn't been dealt with, and that can present huge piles of baggage as we move forward. It's not insurmountable. We just got to identify our bags and deal with them. Some of us bring bags of jealousy into our marriage. We brought that bag of jealousy into every relationship we've ever had in our life be because we've got that going on. And, and, and so we're, we're dealing with it. Some of us, some of us have struggled because not everybody has been loyal. See, we should all be loyal. And I think there's, <laughs> there's actually a certain amount of jealousy in your marriage that's probably healthy. Like, she's mine. He's mine. Don't mess with her. But that, that, that healthy jealousy can quickly cross the line to paranoia. To where, yeah, if, if you talk to someone else, if you look in the direction of someone else, it, then it's like, it, it's like all of a sudden the bags start piling up. Another bag that's closely related to jealousy, sometimes it's the one that causes jealousy, is unfaithfulness. There, there's been unfaithfulness by a former spouse or, or even a former boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, a relationship where somebody's not been faithful and it leaves huge, huge baggage in future relationships. And can we just be real? Maybe you were the one that was unfaithful. Maybe you were the one that created that bag. And you got to deal with it for yourself, but you got to deal with it enough that you can move on and that, that others can move on. Dishonesty is a bag. Some people are so used to lying and exaggerating and bending the truth that they can't even find the real truth. And so their dishonesty, they're living in that world of dishonesty just as a huge bag that they're carrying around. And, and it, it leads to so many other things. For some, it's, it's specific stuff. Some are carrying around the bag of addiction. 
Now, these aren't insurmountable bags, but issues have got to be faced head on. And, and the deeper issues, if they're not confronted, then your addictive personality can become the albatross around your neck, whether you still give in to the addiction itself or not. One of the things we talk about in recovery all the time is when you're trying to deal with those bags of addiction, the real question you've got to ask yourself and you've got to answer for yourself is why? Why? Because if you don't answer that why of addiction, trust me, the what will keep changing. You'll just move from one thing to another thing. You've got to deal why? Why does, why when things get tough do I always go that way and i got to deal with that because if you bring it into your marriage it's it's going to wreck it for sure it's going to crash it for sure some carry around the bag of depression and, and you feel so low you can't even write it in the middle of the page it's got you down so low you, you just I, I know people who struggle with depression I know people struggle with depression on a, on a regular daily basis. They're still happily married, but it's because they've come to grips with their depression and they face it head on. They, they deal with it through medication. They have a healthy support network. They're, they're in touch with a, a really competent Christian therapist. The trouble usually comes when a depressed person thinks that romance, marriage, or children... That's going to be the remedy for my depression. I can just have those things. I wouldn't be depressed anymore. And that's often the one-way ticket to deeper depression and eventually divorce court. Some of us deal with multiple bags of sexual issues. Anything from promiscuity in the past to sexually transmitted diseases that have changed their life to having had an abortion the list goes on and on to being involved in, in in fornication all the way up until our time of the marriage as well as extramarital things after our marriage and again i'm not saying that that you shouldn't be married if you've been sexually active in the past i'm simply saying that god knew what he was doing when he said that that should remain a pure part of marriage. So let's deal with the bags. Remember that God? Remember God? Remember him? The first two pages, remember that God. The first two pages that designed different genders, designed marriage, and designed sex. This was all his idea. It was all his idea, but Satan's the one that throws the curves. He wants the best for you. And so let's deal with the bags. You know, and I know some people get uncomfortable even mentioning the word sex in church. But he created it. And the fact that we haven't talked about it is one of the reasons our world is so messed up about it. The church should be where it is talked about so that we can learn properly how God wants us to function. Remember, he wants the best for your marriage. See, the beautiful thing is there's not a lot of room for baggage if you're a virgin when you get married. Because that part of stuff is gone. There's no problems of comparison. 
uh, with former, former mates, former partners. There's no emotional issues from past sexual encounters. There's no psychological trauma to overcome. Not if you've saved yourself for the wedding day. But even if you haven't, I want you to hear this loud and clear. Even if you haven't, God is a God of grace. God is a God of restoration. And all we have to do, though, is at least be honest enough to deal with all these bags and to work through those bags and not to pretend that they don't exist, but to, to work through them and to move forward. Finally, some of us deal, a lot of us deal with a bag of finances, uh, piles of unresolved debt that don't get any better just because you put a ring on it, <laughs> especially if you charge the ring. It might have just gotten worse. Family, as I said earlier, families can be a bag because whether you realize it or not, you're marrying the entire family because that made that person that you love who they are the day that you get married. So let's deal with the bags, all right? So, so we're just kind of setting the pace for a lot of things here. And here's what I want to do. I want to give you, I want to give you five things that I think you need to understand about how your baggage affects your marriage, okay? And it will be done, all right? Number one thing you need to understand is you're making an exclusive commitment to an imperfect person when you get married. You're making an exclusive commitment to an imperfect person, and so are they. Don't, don't forget that second part. And so are they, all right? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4 says, Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Yes, there is judgment. There's also grace. See, this big balance in everything in life that we've got to deal with, it's all through Scripture. It's the balance of truth. God says, here's the way I want you to do it. Either good or bad. Do this, don't do this. This is truth. This is what God says. And we've got to have truth. We've got to have truth. And we've got to have grace. And we've got to find the balance. And if you even in Scripture itself, you've got the Old Testament that's got a whole lot of truth in it. The Old Testament's got a whole lot of laying down the law, giving the law, here's the truth. And then Jesus comes and brings what with him? Grace. And we've got to figure out how to merge those two. And so we, uh, we understand that we're making this exclusive commitment to an imperfect person. But understand this. Listen very carefully. Very carefully. This is going to be especially important in later services where there's a lot more young people. So it, but even for the young people now, listen to this very carefully. There is, are you ready? There is no perfect marriage. All right? Uh, spoiler alert. There is no perfect marriage. You know why? Because there are no perfect people. And guess what it takes to make a marriage? People. Two of them. Imperfect people coming together because they love it. And so it's not going to be a perfect marriage. There's struggles along the way. There's baggage. Your spouse isn't perfect, but understand this, neither are you. So how do we deal with that? We understand we've made an exclusive commitment. And God takes this stuff seriously. He will not be mocked. His grace, it's awesome. It's sufficient. But I don't want to abuse his grace. Never. 
So, first thing, understand the exclusive commitment. Second thing you need to understand, okay, is you need to be, this is huge, you, this is huge, you need to be healthy alone before you can be healthy together. So huge. So huge. You know, I, I don't care what that Tom Cruise movie said, that you complete me. No, you gotta, you got to let God complete you. you got to let God complete you. Les and Leslie Parrott said this in one of their books. They said, if you try to build intimacy with another person before you've done the hard work of getting whole on your own, all of your relationships become an attempt to complete yourself and they will fall disappointingly flat. You've got to be healthy alone before you can be healthy together. Jesus said, how can you say to your brother, here, let me take the speck out of your eye while yet you have a plank sticking out of yours. You've got to do the hard work of dealing with yourself. And, and, and if you know there are some bags, maybe you've got all of them. Maybe you've got a whole bunch of them that I didn't even think of. If you know your closet is full of bags, that's fine. Welcome to the human race. We're all flawed. We were all born into and we grew up in a broken world. We all got bags, but we got to deal with the bags. Don't just hand them to someone else. Once again, think about this traveling. How many of you have been in an airport before and you hear that little magic voice come on and say, if you see any unattended bags or if someone tries to give you a bag, Please report that to security. See, if you leave your bag unattended in an airport or you try to just hand it to a stranger and say, here, take my bag, you're likely going to be labeled a terrorist. They're going to be looking for you all over the airport. And trust me, they got men and women with those little things in their ears and talking into their wrists, and you're not getting out. They're going to find you if they see you. That... But if you're not dealing with your emotional bags, or you're trying to secretly pass them off to someone else, what you're doing to your marriage can be flat-out terrorism. Terrifying. So, so you understand this is an exclusive relationship. You need to be healthy alone before you can be healthy together. Now, the third thing you need to understand is baggage won't just fade away on its own. If I just pretend that that's not over there, if I just if I just don't turn around and see these other bags, if all I got to deal with are these two that are right here, and I just kind of pretend that these other seven, they're not even back there anymore, that then suddenly I'm going to turn around and they're all going to be gone. It's just not going to work out. It's got to be faced head on. That's why if you're not married yet, please do the hard work. Do it now before you take the plunge. And if you're already married and the baggage is really proven to be a problem, please get some help. Don't let it destroy you. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20. The wisest man who ever lived wrote these words. Get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. <laughs> Go talk to someone else who's already stepped in a few puddles. And figure out where they are and get some help. Truth is, the deeper the issues, the more help you're going to need. See, see, sometimes, 
Sometimes that help can come from family and friends, just over a cup of coffee and stuff like that. But sometimes it's much deeper. We've really worked really hard, especially the last couple of years, and we have a marriage mentoring ministry in place, and we're continuing to train more and more marriage mentors to come alongside and to help. And, and it really works best if that happens before the marriage even begins, but even after it's begun, there's some help that's available. But quite honestly, quite honestly, our folks, our team are volunteers. And some of your bags are just, they're just too heavy. And you need to get some deeper help than what volunteers can provide. And we can help find that. And it's not a problem to do it because not doing it is even worse than not being able to lift the bag yourself. So don't think they're just going to fade away. Bags aren't just going to go away. Fourth thing you gotta, you got to understand is, and this is huge, the past doesn't have to define the future. doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, who you've done it with. The past doesn't have to define the future. I didn't make that up. God did. <laughs> and he talks about it over and over again. But probably the greatest verse talking about that, the one that I love, is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Some of you know it really well. Where, where Paul said, Behold, anyone who is in Christ is a what? New creature. New creation. The old is, the bags are gone. And I've made everything new. The past doesn't have to define the future unless you carry the past with you into the future. You got to deal with it. Let God deal with it. Let Jesus have it. Let him carry your bags like he asked to. Come unto me, you who are carrying heavy bags. I'll take them for you. Finally, the last thing you got to understand, we'll call it a day. Marriage is a commitment. And love is a commandment. Once again, Shelby Christian Church didn't make this stuff up. I sure didn't make it up. It's all straight from God. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold on tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And, and take delight in honoring each other. Now, I, I realize that when Paul wrote that to the Roman church in Romans 12, he wasn't speaking specifically about marriage. It was much more of a universal uh, uh, treatise comment about how to treat people. But boy, doesn't that apply to marriage? doesn't apply to our marriages and then to the corinthian church and and this part's a little tougher in second corinthians chapter six he said don't team up with those who are unbelievers how can righteousness be a partner with wickedness how can light live with darkness what harmony can there be between christ and the devil how can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever 
Now, guys, listen to me. This by no means means that Christians should avoid unbelievers entirely and have nothing to do with them. If, if we did that, how would they ever come to know Christ? But we're told not to partner with them in close relationships. In fact, the New International Version clarifies that translation even more. In verse 14, it says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. A Christian should not marry someone who doesn't embrace the Lord. That's God's design. Now, if you're already married, it doesn't say go file for divorce. That, that, would, that would not be right. Because a lot of times, a couple unbelievers get married, one of them comes to Christ, and that actually leads the other one to Christ. I know all that stuff happens, but if you're, if you're not married yet, you're thinking about or already in a relationship, you should marry someone who shares your faith. Don't just say, well, I know he doesn't believe in God, or I know she lives an immoral life, but that's just a little baggage that we'll have to deal with. No, God says don't do it. God says don't do it. It doesn't have to be a marriage crasher after you're married, but you need to, it needs to be a deal breaker before you get married because we want the best. So deal with the baggage and then move forward. Dr. Tony Evans, I love to listen to him preach and write. I love his stuff. He said that he wrote this. He said, everyone agrees that a good marriage is more pleasant and beneficial than an unhappy one. Amen. But equally important, a good marriage is a model of the heavenly union of God with the believer. In other words, your marriage, he said, might win someone to Christ. Or it might cause them to turn away from a life in fellowship with God. That in itself should be reason enough for us to learn to be godly mates and live the abundant life in the context of a Christian marriage. It's going to be an interesting ride as we just deal head on with some of the things that can crash a marriage. But we all love great, we all love great love stories. Come on, guys, even we do. You, you may not want to show it, but you're the one that we sit in the dark movie theater and the tears stringing down the side of the corner of your eye. I know, we get that. I had that moment this year when I read about Jeanette and Alexander Totsko. They died in each other's arms only hours apart after 75 years of marriage. Alexander passed away moments before Jeanette. And when he passed, her words were, wait for me, I'll be there soon. And they knew their story wasn't ending. It was just beginning. See, being the right person is more important than marrying the right person. And we got a lot of baggage up here. You guys brought a lot of baggage with you. We got two more services of baggage coming in today. But the baggage of the past doesn't have to destroy our future. Because, guys, I want you to listen to this truth. This is, this is it. The beauty of God's love for marriage starts before marriage. 
And I know without a shadow of a doubt that God, that God wants to take your marriage baggage away from you. I know that without a shadow of a doubt because Jesus came to take all your baggage, every bit of it. And so that applies to your marriage baggage too. Let's just surrender to him. I'm going to fly off the cuff here for a minute. I'm just going to ask you guys to bow your head. I'm not going to invite you to come down front right now. I'm going to invite you to make some decisions right where you are. Worship team's going to sing this song. Your head's bowed. You can sing with them. Whatever Whatever situation you find yourself in, married, pray that God would take over your marriage. Single and want to be married, pray that God would lead you to the right person and bless that. In a messed up relationship that you know you need to get right, pray that God would help you get it right. Single and okay being single for the remainder of your life, then awesome. Pray that God will keep you sexually pure. Just pray. Just pray that God would have his way in your life and allow you to build your life on him. Would you pray that quietly while Kevin and Ethan sing?
praying, uh, first of all, for today. Do two more services. Uh, just praying that God would work. Uh, we got a lot of folks in those next couple services that that are at the precipice of making some important life decisions about this. And so would you pray for that? Reminder that tonight we do have a uh, marriage dinner or a a sweetheart dinner. Kevin and his team are back there. Bobby and Carrie, you can still get tickets. But we are making a commitment, just like Jason told you, that um, the stew uh, is starting early tonight so they get done early. The marriage event's going to kind of abbreviate a little bit so we can get done early. And we're watching the weather very closely, uh, all right, to make sure that we keep everybody safe. Also, just to let you guys know, uh, the beautiful thing that's happened in the middle of one of the beautiful things happened in the middle of all this craziness is we've learned technology really well so here's our commitment we will have worship service for you every week regardless of how much it snows it may not be here in the building okay so if, if it snows like snowmageddon this week and we can't get everything cleared we will have stuff recorded you'll be able to get online just like we did in those eight or nine weeks where we couldn't do anything or didn't do anything uh, in fact, we were ready for that this week. Ethan and I had already recorded stuff, and we're ready to do that. So if something happens, weather-wise or whatever, we will have worship uh, next Sunday at the same time. So this be online, and we're going to do everything we can to have it here in person. If this is your first week here, thanks for being here. Brett and his team have got a gift for you out at the I'm New Wall. Uh, some folks are over in the Next Step room, help you figure out what the next step looks like. Thanks for being here. Let's go change the world this week, guys. Have a great week.